You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. Uh, well, I'm excited to, uh, to be able to preach this evening. Um, uh, it's, so we've been going over fasting in the couples class. I think we've had like... I don't know, it's been over 10 lessons that we've done, um, so we're just going to do all those, so they're about a half hour piece, uh, hopefully no one has to work super early tomorrow, uh, just kidding, uh, everyone's like, no, um, it's, I've, ta- I've tried to take the things that we've talked about um, um, and try to kind of like lay a groundwork, I, I don't know, if you're like me, I mean, I went to Bible college, um, but there was no class on fasting, and I don't even honestly remember like a portion of a class that was on fasting specifically. Um, I've heard messages on fasting, um, usually the messages that was part of the message, uh, maybe not the entire thrust of the message. So I just, as, as I prepare for, for lessons in Sunday school and think of things that, are, that, are, that I need and that hopefully others within the class need, uh, the Lord really kind of pressed this on my heart probably for a good six months or more um, prior to start teaching on it, um, just based on the fact that my knowledge in fasting and understanding of it was really limited. Um, and I feel like, uh, you know, I mean, God says a lot about fasting. The scriptures say quite a bit about fasting. Um, and for us as New Testament Christians, just to kind of, especially in America, honestly, to just kind of, it's not really even part of, at least for me, it wasn't part of my life. It wasn't part of my Christian life or the way I lived it. Um, and I felt like that's something that, it's, a, it's an opportunity for growth for us as Christians to become more like Jesus and to do the things that he says. So I've taken some of the foundational lessons that we, d- that we went through and kind of combined them into one message. So hopefully it flows and makes sense. Forgive me a little bit if it's kind of jumps around a little bit. I've tried to do my best. Um, but if you would take your Bibles and go to Matthew chapter 9. Uh, Matthew chapter 9. As you do that, you can stand with me. Matthew chapter 9, just going to read a few verses, we're going to jump down to verse number 14, and then when we sit, if you just keep your Bibles handy, we have a couple other places that we'll be going this evening um, to to kind of just further our study tonight. So Matthew chapter 9, verse number 14, the Bible says, Then came to him the disciples of John, saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast oft, but thy disciples fast not? And Jesus said unto them, Can the children of the bride chamber mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken from them, and then they shall fast, and then shall they fast. No man putteth a piece of new cloth unto an old garment, for that which is put in to fill it up taketh from the garment, and the rent is made worse. Neither do men put new wine into old bottles, else the bottles break, and the wine runneth out, and the bottles perish, but they put new wine into new bottles, and both are preserved. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for tonight, Lord. Thank you for the, the good singing and the good specials tonight and just the fellowship we've already had. I pray that you'll bless uh, this time of taking your word and, and something that uh, you've told us that we should be doing as disciples of yours. Lord, I pray that uh, you'll help us to be edified, help us to uh, see what you say and what the truth says about fasting, help it to uh, apply to our lives and impact our lives as Christians. Lord, please help me as I speak, help my thoughts to be clear uh, and to present it in, in a manner that is, is what it deserves. Thank you for all you've done for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. 
So as Pastor mentioned, we had been talking just kind of leading up to the, the missions revival um, and fasting, and I, it's been on my mind, like I said, I think it's been like three months that we've been teaching on it in a couples class. So it's constantly on my mind. Um, as a class, we've already fasted together once uh, for a day right leading up to the church planners conference. Um, and we had already talked about fasting as a class for the missions revival coming up here next week. Um, and so it's, it's just constantly been on my mind. And as we were, I was talking to pastor, I was like, you know, if you ever wanted or had a time where that would seem appropriate, I, I think I could put something together that might be helpful. And he's like, how about Wednesday? I said, okay, let's do it. So um, it's just been on my mind, and it's, it's a thing that, it's, it's important. As you see here, Jesus gives uh, the disciples of John and the Pharisees, it tells them that it, his disciples will fast. When Jesus is taken, he, he, they will fast. And I think if you look at us as a New Testament church, we are disciples of Jesus, are we not? And he is no longer with us in, in body, right? We have the Holy Spirit, but he is no longer here. So I think we would fall under the category of then, that is now, for us today. Um, so as, as I've gone through it and studying, looking at how fasting is, is talked about in, in Scripture, it's throughout the Old Testament quite a bit. Um, you know, it's repentant of sin. Uh, David fasted uh, for, for his child when his child was in, about to die. Um, fasting for God's intervention in their lives. Israel fasted often uh, when they led up to battles and things that were coming and they they were greatly outnumbered, or they knew that they could not win the battle without the Lord's intervention. They would fast. Um, they fasted, remembering what God had done for them in the past, remembering battles they had won, or or things that had you know coming out of Egypt. There are things that they fasted for, remembering those things. Um, they fasted to show importance, to show what that they put importance on a, on an event. Or, or a group of people or something that they were looking for. Um, and then they also there's fasting to afflict themselves, to kind of humble themselves and remind themselves of who they are. So when you go through the Old Testament, there are, there are I think there's over 80 times that fasting is mentioned. Um, it's mentioned a lot, and it's part of, of Scripture. And as we get to the New Testament here, and Jesus talks about it, he also talks about it later, and we'll get to another portion of Scripture where he says, when ye fast. Um, Jesus here says, you know, when he's explaining why they don't fast, he's saying, well, I'm here. Jesus says, I'm here. And, you know, there's really no reason to be sad or to be mournful because I'm with them constantly, day in, day out. The, the presence of the Lord was with them physically. I don't think we realize that, especially if you've grown up in church, you hear stories of Jesus all the time and you hear preaching on him and you're like, yeah, the disciples and Jesus did this, Jesus did that, and oh, okay, the feeding of the 5,000. But if we think about it, God himself took on physical form and, and spent years with these men and years with humanity. And so Jesus says they don't really fast because, well, I'm here. I, they have my presence. The fullness of me is here with them right now. There's no need, need for them to desire me more because I'm already here. But he does say when the time comes that I won't be here, they're going to miss me and they're going to fast. And so likening the old way as he continues on talking about the cloth and the, the new wine and the old wine, he kind of goes into an analogy of how things were in the Old Testament and the fasting that the Jews had been doing and continue to do. Pharisees specifically, kinda, it kind of became tradition to them. It kind of became a checklist item. Okay, it's Tuesday, I'm going to fast now. That's my day for doing it. Not really the reason why they fast. It was just, it was a duty. It was, it was I, pray in the, I pray out so everyone sees me to pray. I fast because I'm supposed to fast. I give my alms because I'm supposed to give alms. And they were doing these things because it was tradition. It was something they were supposed to do. 
and they kind of lost the meaning of why they fasted. And Jesus says, there's a new way of doing things. And basically, Jesus came and he changed everything. I mean, that's, he changed the world by coming to this earth and living and dying for us and right, raising again for our sins. He changed everything about everything when he came to this earth. Um, he changed our destination. He changed our future. He changed, he saved humanity by coming to this earth. So fasting is no different. It's, it's a new way of looking at fasting that Jesus is presenting here to us as, as Christians. Uh, the Messiah had come. Right? He has come. The, the Redeemer came. He finished his work on the cross. Before he came, everyone looked for that time to come. They were looking for the Messiah. They, were, they, were, they wanted, they were, they were agonizing and yearning for the Messiah to come to save them. Now, in our time, he has come. He has, fit, he has done what was prophesied. His birth, his death, his resurrection were all prophesied. They were, they were completed and they are completed. And now, we can look back knowing what has happened knowing it's already, the work is completed, we don't have to hope for it, we don't have to sacrifice goats and sheep to, to picture it, it has happened, and now we long for him to return, to set up his kingdom finally on this earth, to, 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 be, to make it the way he wants it to be forever. We want that to happen, so now that's what we look forward to. So now, because of that fasting, it's a fasting of longing for his return, and it's an expression of emptiness, kind of, Right, like we, we need him, we want him. Yes, we have the Holy Spirit, right? The comforter came, but we want Jesus himself. We want the Lord to return and set up his kingdom. So there's a need there for that, right? A longing for that. But to know that he has already come, we have something they didn't have in the Old Testament, and that's hope, that, that he is coming again. So Jesus' disciples and thereby us have kind of tasted that God's kingdom on this earth already. And so we know, we kind of know what's coming. The Holy Spirit is with us now, and we really want, we want that more. At least we should, as Christians. You know, we, we should fast not because it's not something we experience, but it's because we have God's presence right now, right? The Holy Spirit is with us. We have it, and we, we should, as his people, love his presence so much and love him so much to just have the Holy Spirit with us now. We want him more. And we long for, for Jesus to come. And we got, we got to have everything. We must have all of him. Because we've got the Holy Spirit. And we're, we know what that tastes like. We know what that life is like. So we want Jesus to come back. We want his kingdom to be established. We want it so badly that we just, we just it's like just revival. Pour it over me. Give me everything. I, I got to have more of it. I don't have enough. That should be our attitude towards his return. And often life gets in the way of that. Busyness gets in the way of that. Trials get in the way of that. Successes get in the way of that. Our life gets in the way of our desire of God. And the devil throws things in our way to distract us, to, to throw us off course, to, for us not to look to him, but to look to things that are here, that are temporary, that aren't eternal. And we lose sight of, we have the Holy Spirit today, and Jesus himself is coming back someday. And we're going to be part of that. We're going to live there. We're going to be with him. He will be our God and we will be his people. That should be something that fires us up, that gets us excited about it. It's a hunger for all of him. And that's where fasting, I believe, begins. And that's what I think Jesus is saying here. It's a, it's a hunger for him, for everything that he is, to, for all that we can possibly squeeze out in our life of him. It's the fullness of him. Ephesians 3.19 says, And to know the love of Christ which passeth all knowledge, 
that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. And if we're honest with ourselves, we don't want to be filled with all the fullness of God. Because that means we have to empty ourselves of us. And we like us. We like our, our pets. We like our habits. We like our sins. We like our carnality. We like our things that are here that are temporary. And so to empty us of us and give us all of him, we're a little hesitant on that. I mean, if we're just honest with ourselves, we're a little hesitant on that because it's a big step. It's scary to empty you of you completely to have more of him. But if we want a satisfied life, if we want the Christian life that I believe the Lord wants us to have, that's a step we should be willing to take. So it's a desire. God gives us a lot of awesome things, right? All, I mean, we all have nice clothes on. We all are in a, a warm building. It's cold and windy outside tonight. Right? It's actually starting to feel like October here. South Dakota, I, I did see, I don't know how many years ago, Facebook gives us those memories. It might have been last year. There was snow on the ground this day either a year or two years ago. Like it, I, I have a picture of my front yard with snow on it. So, I mean, you know, it's coming. We always forget. I don't think we forget. I don't know how we forget. We live here. But it's coming. <laughs> the snow is coming. Um, but God gives us awesome things. He gives us a warm building. He gives us an awesome building. He gives us a job. He gives us our health. He gives us so many things blessings and God wants to bless us God wants us to be happy he wants us to enjoy life here on this earth and he gives us so many things to do that but when it comes to fasting it's it's an attitude and a in a thought process of I want I want more of the giver than I want of the gifts the gifts aren't bad right the blessings aren't bad but when you fast you give up some of the good things Food, we'll talk about food, and like Pastor mentioned, there are, there are numerous other kinds of fasts you can do. There are fasts for a meal, partial fasts, different kinds of foods that you give up. You know, the day we live in today, you can give up media, you can give up things that you maybe have all your attention, you can fast from those. But what we're going to focus on tonight is, is, our food, is food, fasting from food. Um, and you know what, we all like food. Some of us like food a little bit more than others, okay? Pizza's really good, I'll just throw that out there. You ever want to give me something that I will not say no to, it's pizza as long as it doesn't have pineapple on it. We won't go there. That's another sermon for another time. Um, ask Josh Hash about that. I'm pretty sure I kicked him out of youth class one, one week for being pro-pineapple, but we won't go there today. Um, but food, we love food. We lo we, I mean, billions and billions of dollars are spent on the food industry, whether it's grocery stores or restaurant chains, your refrigerator, your freezer at home. I mean, we like food, and you need food, right? You have to eat to live. If you don't eat, you, you, I mean, you waste away to nothing. And you need food. It's, it's part of the blessings that food is enjoyable, right? God has blessed us that food is good. It's not just like a pill you take. You're like, all right, I take this pill and now I'm full and I'm, I'm sustained. No, God has made food enjoyable and, and something that we like and, and, and enjoy cooking and eating and all those things. So to give up those blessings and those good things because, I, yeah, I like food and I, I need food. But you know what? I need you more, Lord. I need God more than I need gifts. I want the giver more than the gifts. And so fasting is taking, taking some time, from time to time, to put aside that portion of gifts and say, I want you more than that. So when we come up to a point like this where we have a missions revival, where we're, we're trying to, to, to focus on the Great Commission, to focus on what the Lord wants us to do as Christians, not just missionaries going across the world, but missionaries in our, in our neighborhoods, and to focus on what his desire is for us there, 
it's, it's appropriate, I think, to take some of the gifts that God has given us in food and putting it aside and say, God, I want you more as I prepare my heart to hear how you, how you want me to be a part of this, how you want us as a church to be a part of it, how you want me specifically to be a part of it. So fasting says, I want you, God, more than the awesome things you've blessed me with. So with that thought in mind, go to Matthew chapter 6. Just a page or two back, probably. I kind of want to pause here. My pastor's talking about the, the young people. And young people, you'll sit there and you'll go, well, that's for the adults. Fasting, I'm, I'm not giving up my goldfish crackers. I'm not giving up my chicken nuggets. Okay, I'm not giving up my McDonald's. I, that's for the adults. I'm not there. I'm not spiritually there. Fasting, Daniel fasted. He was a teenager. He fasted for his country. He fasted to prove God in his life. So don't sell yourself short. Talk to your parents about the fasting, but I, I do fully believe that teenagers, youth group, young people, you can, can and should be involved in this fast that we're talking about as well. Um, so talk to your parents about it, and that means parents, you got, you got to be involved too. That means parents, you got to know what to answer when they come. If your teenager comes and says, hey, I would like to fast, what should, what should we do? Dad, you can't go, uh, well, so I was just thinking... I'll pray about it and get back to you, right? We need to be prepared as parents for the spiritual questions that our teenagers may come and ask us. You can't say, well, let's uh, text Brother Samuel. No, no. Brother Samuel would be glad to answer those texts, and he will help with that, but he is not your, parent, your kid's dad or mom. You are. So you need to have those answers. You need to be prepared for that. So that means we as parents, and I put myself there too, we as parents need to be aware and prepared and understanding and knowledgeable in this area. It's not just for the staff and for pastor and for the deacons and the Sunday school teachers. It's for Christians, disciples, everybody. We all fall under the, the umbrella of when you should fast. So that was the pause, pause back in. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, uh, verse number 1. So we're going to read a few verses here. And, and Jesus is giving, there's kind of a theme here, and it applies to fasting, and we'll get to that too. So uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse number 1 says, Take heed that you do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise ye have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have the reward. But when thou doest alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, that thine alms may be in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. And when thou prayest, that thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to stand praying in the synagogues. And in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have the reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut the door, pray to thy Father which is in secret. And thy Father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions of the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. And then we go on to hear the Lord's Prayer, the model's prayer, right? Jesus gives the disciples, this is how you should pray when you pray. We'll come back to that here in a minute, but for now, let's jump down to verse number 16. He continues, it says, Moreover, when ye fast, okay, talking to his disciples, people that are following him, that are Christians, he says, when? So that I believe, you can tell me I'm wrong, but I believe that applies to us as his disciples, as his followers. So when ye fast, it's an expected practice. It's an expected thing that as Christians we should be involved in, should be part of our Christian lives. 
not to the point of it's tradition or it's habit or it's just we do it because it's a checklist, but the reasons are, we'll get to here in a minute, but it's, it should be, I think, a part of our life. Jesus expects it to be. So verse 16, Moreover, when ye fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have the reward. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thine head and wash thy face. Uh, teenage men, you should underline those two things. That just means wash your, wash your hair, wash your face. Uh, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in his secret shall reward thee openly. So the theme here, where it be, whether it be alms, whether it be praying, whether it be fasting, Jesus says, don't be like the hypocrites and the Pharisees. They do all these things that are good things, expected things, but they do them so people see them. So the people around go, wow, look how spiritual he is. Look at how, wow, they just, wow, they must really know the Bible. They're so close to the Lord. Look at them pray. Look at them. They're fasting. Look at, they disfigure. They dis, it's like an active word. Like they disfigure their faces. They make it look worse than it probably actually is. Oh, I'm so hungry, but it's for the Lord. I'm suffering for Jesus. I didn't eat my pizza today, but it's okay. It's for Jesus. I just want you to know I skipped lunch, but it's all for him. Right? I mean, it doesn't sound very sincere, but that's what he's saying the hypocrites are doing. So Jesus is saying the theme here is, don't, be, don't do it to be seen of men. That's what the hypocrites do. That's what the Pharisees do. He says, do it to be seen of your father. So I think some of the stigma that's on fasting as for us as Christians is like, we've got to be quiet about it. We can't talk about it so it doesn't get taught, it doesn't get taught on. It doesn't get discussed because we have this impression that if you know I'm fasting, well, now it's, it has no value. It's, I've, that's my reward. You know I've lost my reward because now you know and that's it. And the, the temptation is, well, let's not talk about it as Christians then because we don't, we, we don't want to get to that point. But also, to be seen of others, it's a big temptation also for us. I mean, we like when other people think nice of us. Like, no one told me that I liked my tie today. It hurts. I'm just, no one said a word about it. That's okay. I've worn it before. I know, this old thing. But we like applause of men, and it's not the actual applause, but we like it when people compliment us. We, we enjoy compliments. We like adoration. We like it when other people, especially people we enjoy and we like and we spend a lot of time with, like if someone's like, you've been working out? Well, I mean, maybe a little bit. You know, <clears throat> pants are a little tighter than they used to be, but, you know, I was, you know, thanks for noticing. Right, or we'll play it off, but we like it. And it's like, yeah, that feels good. Makes us feel good about ourselves. And that's the same idea the hypocrites are doing here and the Pharisees are doing. They're praying out loud so everyone hears for their much speaking. They have long prayers so they know how spiritual they are. They're fasting to be seen of the people because it feels good. And we can't go, oh, man, those Pharisees, what a bunch of losers, hypocrites, like Jesus called them. Man, yeah, get them. But we're, we're the same way because we like applause of men. We like those accolades. We enjoy those things. So we have to be careful not to be tempted in that way. It's, it's, Jesus does this a lot and God does this a lot. It's about your motive. It's about what's in your heart. It's, it's not always about what's outside, although what's in your heart will reflect outside. But it's why you fast. And so Jesus is saying, when you pray, when you give your alms, when you fast, don't do it so everyone sees you. Do it so that your Father sees you. That's the reason you're doing it. You're doing it for, again, more of him and less of his gifts. I want more of you, Lord, and less of all these things. That means I want more of you than I want people to be like, wow, you're so good, you're so spiritual, you're so awesome. I don't want that. Now, the thing is, if you're married, right, it's kind of hard to fast without your spouse knowing, right? They're going to see. And if you're in a family, they're going to see. 
You might get away with it with you if you live by yourself, but even at work, if you never eat lunch, they're going to notice. People are going to notice if you're fasting for any extended amount of time. So if any time someone notices, it just kind of throws away the value of the fast, that really doesn't make a whole lot of sense. If we look at Jesus, Jesus saying, don't pray to be seen of men, but I'm pretty sure Jesus prayed publicly a lot. He prayed out loud a lot. He prayed in front of people intentionally for them to hear him talk to his father many times. But not, again, the difference between the hypocrites and Jesus is Jesus didn't pray so that everyone would be like, wow, what a good prayer he is. He prayed in front of people so they'd say, so he could say, look at my father, to glorify him. Any prayer that Jesus did in front of people was to point them to his father. So when you fast and people know that you fast, as long as you're not doing it for that, you're doing it to point them at him, you haven't lost any value in your fast. That's not what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, never talk about it, keep it under wraps, we don't want to discuss it. Jesus is saying, just make sure you're right, your heart is right when it comes to why you're fasting. That matters, it's the heart. The heart that motivates fasting is to be for more of God, not to be seen of others or thought highly of others because of the men seeing you, because, but the fasting is because you want him. You want more of him than you want other people's adoration or the food that's involved. So again, with that in mind, why should we fast? Go to Acts chapter 13. And this also plays into uh, fasting publicly for other people to see. And this, I think, gives us a good uh, example on, on a church fast, on a corporate fast, more than an individual fasting for something, but a group of people fasting for a purpose. I think this gives us, and again, this is in the New Testament, it's the, the brand new churches here. So Acts chapter 13, verse number 1 the Bible says, now there were in the church at, uh, that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers, as Barnabas and Simeon, uh, that was called Niger, and Lucius and, uh, of Cyrene, and Menanin, uh, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul, right? Uh, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, so the, this group of men fasting together, the Holy Ghost said, separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed, and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So here we have churches, people going out to start churches to do the work of God, and they had fasted, they had prayed as a group for to know who should go, to know what direction they should go. Uh, for the Lord's direction and guidance, they had prayed and fasted together so that as a corporate body there, that, that unit would be on the same page. And when you fast with somebody... There's, there's, there's a bond that's given there, right? And it's not that you and me are doing the same thing and we're suffering for Jesus together. But if we're doing it in the right way, it brings us closer to him, right? Because we're both fasting. And, in, and for our instance here with the, the missions revival, if we as a corporate body decide to fast for a specific time or a specific meal or a specific day, then you know while you're fasting and you're praying and you're asking the Lord to, to show you and your family how you should be involved whether it's what you should give, if you should be going more, if you should go somewhere, you know there's a group of people, like-minded individuals, friends of yours, that are asking the Lord the same questions, that are trying to get the Lord's thoughts on the same things. And then when a church body, like we have here, a group of people fast for the same thing, it, it, it creates a bond, and it creates, it creates a goal. And then again, it's, it's about the heart. It's not, we're fasting, yeah, we're fasting together. How, who can go longer? Who can do, do more? It's not about that. It's about us wanting to get a hold of the Lord and for the Lord to talk to us together as a group. 
Uh, go to verse, or chapter 14 of Acts. Chapter 14. Verse number 23. So here they're returning back to Antioch. And verse 23 says, And when they had ordained them elders in every church and had prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord on whom they believed. So here you have another, another example of a corporate group fasting together, setting up elders or, or pastors in churches, fasting together, commending them to the Lord, and, and moving on. So another group fast. So these church leaders, when Jesus says, make sure you don't fast where everyone sees you, but fast in secret, did they all disobey the Lord because they fasted together? I don't think so. I think, again, the Lord is telling us the, the purpose for fasting to be seen of men or to be seen of the Father is the difference. Uh, like we mentioned earlier, Jesus prayed out loud for everybody. Verse uh, Matthew 5.16 says, Let your uh, light so shine uh, before men that they may see your good works. Right? Let your light so shine so everyone sees your good works. Not so you look awesome. Like, look at all the good works that we, I had done. But the verse continues, And glorify your Father, which is in heaven. So for people to know you pray or to see you fast or to see you do good works, good works is not a bad thing to do, right? It reflects our heart. But when our heart is wanting to get the praise of men, then that's, that's all you get. You get the reward because they, they love you, they think you're great, let's lift them up on our shoulders, what a great Christian this person is, reward is over. That's it, that's what you get. But when you fast with a heart to, to glorify the Lord, the works that you do, if they point to him, that's, those are the works that Jesus is saying here to do. Let your light shine before men so your Father is glorified, not you. It's not look at me and what I have done. It's look what I do only because of him. I want to do right because I, want, I love him. I want to do the right thing. I want to be above reproach because of him, which means I talk the way I talk or try to be the, the husband I'm supposed to be be the father I'm supposed to be, the Sunday school teacher, the man I'm supposed to be, not because I want everyone here to be like, wow, look at a good guy he is. No, I, I'm doing it because I want him to, to know I love him. And that's why I do those things. And so when it comes to fasting, it's not about, well, I want to fast because I, I want everyone to know I'm fasting. I want it to, to look good on my record. I do it because I, want, I love him and I want him to tell him to, to be involved in my life. Like not just on Sundays, and Wednesdays, and, and in between, but like every day, every moment, like covering. I mean, the, you know, the word revival means to be poured out upon. Like, do we, do we want the Lord to be poured out upon us? To just be everywhere, to be every part of every moment of our life? If we do, fasting is not a big deal. Because that just, it's just telling God, I want you more than I want anything that I want whether it's food or anything in this life. So it's possible and even beneficial to fast with corporately, with other people. And again, it's, it's be, being seen fasting and fasting to be seen are not the same. And that's, that's the differentiation we want to make here. Now, let's go back to Matthew chapter 16, or Matthew chapter 6 again. Matthew chapter 6. Everybody still with me? I'm going quick. It's a lot of stuff here. So Matthew chapter 6, verse number 18. We read it already. Let's read it again. It says, he's talking about fasting. Anoint your head, wash your face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, right? But unto thy father which is in secret, and thy father which is in secret shall reward thee openly. So Jesus himself is saying, when you fast with the heart, that is, I want more of you, Lord. I want the giver more than I want the gifts. God, like Pastor said, God blesses obedience, 
that's how God operates. God operates when you obey God, God does what he says he will do, and that's to bless you. Now, we don't fast to receive the blessing. We don't fast because we want something, right? Um, it's not a transaction, right? We go, go back to your salvation. Did you do anything to get saved? Did you have any part of your salvation personally or individually? The an- no, the answer is no. You did nothing. You, Jesus did all the work. All you did is accept, right? You have to admit you're a sinner. You have to understand your, your standing and understand the only way out of that is, is what he has done for you. So for some reason, though, we as Christians can be tempted to think, well, and this applies to a lot of things, not just fasting. I didn't have anything to do with my salvation, but now that I'm saved, i got to do all these things otherwise to make God happy with me. i got to do these things so I can earn favor with him. So I have to do all these works and do all these things, and that's our attitude, that I have to do this stuff so that God will, let, will, will do and help me. I have to fast so I can get something from him. It's not a transaction. We cheapen, we cheapen who he is when our attitude is, I fast to get. It's not about fasting to get. Because we, again, fasting is not about the things. It's not about the gifts. It's not about the blessings. Fasting is about him. So, again, it's about our heart. It's about our attitude towards fasting. The fasting is done because it's not, I'll fast God so you will fill in the blank for me. It's, it's God, I will fast because you have said when you fast. And you have said that I should seek first your kingdom. And so when I do what you, you command me to do, well, then God blesses. And usually, all the time, God does more than in our head we think is what we want. So when you fast, and if you're leading up to the, the missions revival, we fast and say, Lord, you know, t- help me to know what I can give, what I should give sacrificially. Help me to know how I can be part of missions more individually. And we have this answer in our mind. We have this, okay, well, God will probably tell me to give this much, um, or he'll probably tell me to do this. And so in our head, we say, I'm going to fast for that. That's what I'm going to ask the Lord to help me with, and that's the answer I expect it to be. But if we're fasting to say, just God, just whatever you want is what I want, regardless of what my mind thinks it should be, if it's different, Lord, you tell me, and that's what I want. And when we do that, God always does more than when we could, I mean, our, our imaginations are so small. You're like, I don't know. I have some pretty crazy dreams. I get it. We have some weird imaginations. We can dream big, but God says, you dream small. God has so much more for us than we can imagine. God wants to do so much more. Teenagers, I know we've been talking about fasting and you've already tuned out half, you know, 20 minutes ago, but God has so much more for you than you can even imagine. Like so much, like you have these grand ideas of what your life is going to be. The, the career, the, the spouse, the things, the accomplishments, the cars, the, the houses, the toys, the things you're going to have. You have these grand ideas, and God's like, that's nothing. If you just trust me and follow me, I got so much more for you than you can even hope to imagine. And then we as parents and adults that are no longer teenagers, we've got all our, our mortgages and our car payments and our bills and, 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 the, and our goals for, for, for retirement and our houses that we want to buy and and the things that we've got to have and our 401k level that's got to hit a certain level. And we focus, 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 work towards, work towards, work towards. And it's wise. Be smart with the things that God has given you. Be good stewards. But God says, you're, you're thinking way too small. Way too small. And he's not saying I'm going to give you a bigger 401k or a bigger checkbook. But he's just saying I could do so much more with you if you want me to. 
And we, I think often we don't. Because that means, again, we have to empty us of us. And we like to control the things that we're in control of. And we have a hard time letting go of control. And when you fast with a heart that says, God, I want more of you and not the things that are good. The good things are good and I'm, I'm grateful for them. But rather than having those for a time, I want you. And we're afraid to do that. I'm afraid to do that. Maybe it's just me. Maybe no one else is like me, but I'm afraid to do that because that means I give up control of what I think I need to do and I allow God to have it all. And I have a hard time with that. And I think we as Christians do. So fasting is an expression of our need and longing for him. When we come to a fast with humility and weakness and understanding, God, I don't know what you want from me, but I want what you want from me. And I'm coming to you saying, I don't have answers. I don't have thoughts in my head. I want what you want because I, who am I? I'm nothing. I'm dust. I can't, I can't do without you. I can't do anything without you. And so I'm taking this time to put away food for whatever the amount of time that I'm committing to because I want your involvement in my life right now way more than I want to eat lunch. And that's hard sometimes. And I understand physically there's some medical things that maybe that's not possible. Um, You have to work out what works best for you. You have to be smart. But when it comes to the scripture and what Jesus has said, that's, that's the thrust, the main idea. Every time fasting is brought up, it's to get rid of food for an amount of time to, to show God that you need him. Not because you're doing it to get something, but because you need him. So if we look back to the Lord's Prayer, Matthew 6, verse 9, and it talks about the things that we are supposed to seek. What Jesus is saying for us to pray for. Verse 9 says, After this manner, therefore pray, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And if you recall, when Pastor went through the Lord's Prayer, uh, I don't even know how long ago it was, there are things that, that we should desire that the Lord desires. He desires for his name to be hallowed, for, for, his, for his glory to be his. So when Jesus says he'll reward us, the Father reward us, he rewards us according to our desires. And when we want what he wants, these are some of the things that we want. We want his name to be hallowed. We want his kingdom to come. We want his will to be done. Those, those are the things as Christians that should be priority number one in our life. Not our, not our houses, not our cars, not our jobs. Right, and All the blessings God gives us, those are byproducts of his blessing on our life. But our priority should be these things. Should be things that he values. And God values, God values his glory. And he's the only one that ever deserves it. And he values his glory. And when we do things and participate in things that glorify him, he values that. But often we do things that glorify us. That further our kingdom, that further our desires. And his desires and his kingdom kind of take backseat to ours. But when you fast with the right heart, that puts you in a mindset. If you've ever fasted before, and I'm sure there are many people in here that have, have fasted for extended periods of time, and really there's, there's something that happens when you spend time fasting. And when you give up food, you get hungry. Your body feels it. Your stomach will growl at you. That first 24 hours, your body will fight you tooth and nail. It'll fight everything. You'll get headaches from caffeine withdrawal. You'll get headaches, yeah, I know. You'll get headaches from, from all, you'll feel rotten, you'll feel lousy, and, and your body will fight you. 
but when you're praying along with fasting, and we don't have the time to go through it, but prayer and fasting are they're interwoven. They are the same. When you pray with fasting, and not just at mealtimes, right? Okay, I'm fasting today. I, at lunchtime, I'd usually eat, so I'm going to pray now. And then the rest of the day, I don't pray. No, it's a constant prayer. You're constantly in prayer when you fast. When you're in that mindset and that attitude, I mean, it's not spooky. I'm not trying to make it sound spooky or weird, but God will get a hold of you in a way that he doesn't when you don't do those things. It's a special time. It really, really is. It's a special time with the Lord when, when you spend time fasting and your heart is right and you're doing it for the right reasons. The Lord will meet with you in a way that is really kind of unexplainable. And when you end your fast, you're going to be, I mean, if your heart's in the right spot, you're, you'll, you'll think, when can I do that again? Because more of him and less of his things. It's, it's an attitude we don't always have. But when we desire what he desires, you just want more of it. It's just kind of like when I started, when Jesus said, you know, his presence was here. They had, they had him. They had everything of him. And when you experience the Lord for real, you don't ever want to give any of that up. And you only want more and more and more of him. Because he's different. He's different. And when we understand that, and we, we understood that because you got saved, your life changed, but when you understand that for your life, that he's different and more of him is better than anything you've got going, it'll change how you view it. It'll change how you view time spent with him. It'll change your prayer life. It'll change your Bible reading. Reading your Bible while you fast, wow. Like it, taught, it speaks in ways that when you're just getting your three chapters in for your checklist, Right, you got young people. You have that those days. Like how Madison's always like, how many, what day is this of the year? Like two hundred and whatever day of the year, because I got to know so I know which Bible passages to read. And we all read our Bible that way sometimes. And you know what? It's just kind of like, all right, good, check that list. All right, now I can start my day. But when you're fasting and your heart's in that spot and you read God's word, you might just read two verses, and that's as far as you get, because the Lord is like, here you go. I have something for you right now. God will get, I mean, it's, I can't, I'll just keep saying the same thing over and over again. I'll wrap it up with this, just to kind of rehash. And there's, again, there's so much more that we could have gone through. Um, and, and maybe that'll be an opportunity to do some, sometime else in the, in the future. But as we prepare for our missions revival coming up here next week, I, I mean, I, I would encourage you to, to consider it. Like Pastor had said, I don't know that we'll have a specific time that we all will as a church. I'll leave that to Pastor. But I would have you consider, I would seriously ask you to consider fasting um, in preparation for that, for our hearts to be prepared. Because if we just come into it rushing in after work and, and just kind of like, all right, I'm here, we'll, we'll miss a lot. We'll miss our involvement. We'll miss opportunities that we can have to contribute. So I ask you to consider that. When you fast, the thought is more of him, less of his, his, his gifts. Not because his gifts are bad, but because we want him more than even the best things in our life. That's fasting. More of him, less of all the awesome things that we already have. To be seen of him, right? Not of each other, not of people, not even of our own pride and what we have accomplished. That's, even a, that's a temptation to be like, wow, I fasted for X amount of hours. That's amazing. I, did. I can't believe I could do that. I can't believe I could get myself. I never would have thought I could give up that many meals. And right, 
Now, now we're to be seen of ourselves, to be seen of him. That's the purpose. And again, to seek his glory and the things that he wants and his desires in everything. Those are the big ideas when it comes to fasting. And I think if we approach fasting with that, that mindset, that heart set, it'll change your spiritual life. It'll, it'll grow you. It will grow you significant, significantly and, and quickly. And that may be scary, a little imposing, but I think when ye fast, I think God expects us to. I think God wants us to. I think God will use us more and bless us more and allow us to do more for him when we just do what he asks us to do. All right, with that thought, I'll pray. I appreciate your attention. Um, if you would stand with me, we'll just have a, a few moments of invitation. Um, I, I don't even know how to present it to you other than just, you know, just pray about it. Take it seriously. Consider it as a reality in your life, a possibility of fasting. Um, it may not be 24 hours. It may be a meal. And that's okay. Start, start somewhere, but the heart part is what you need. Desire him. Desire him. More of him. More of him. Tell him whatever you show me, I'm willing to do. And I know that's scary because you're afraid. We're afraid he's going to ask us to do something we're scared to do or we don't, can't do or we don't want to do. And that's the thing. You can't. He's going to show you things that only you can do through him. And that's the goal because we want more of him and less of us. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.